Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. I'm your host, Nisi Edwards. And on today's show, Dr. Hal Blattman is back with us today. And we are discussing, since this is a new year, new year, new beginnings. Welcome, Dr. Blattman. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you today, Nisi? Fine, thank you. How was your holidays and how was the new year for you? I love the holidays. It's time just to be with family a little bit and time for take some time off from work and everyday challenges. So I usually like that time of year. Yes. Taking time off is so definitely needed. It's great for our self-care. So I'm glad you're back with us the first of the year. And uh, today, Dr. Blattman, we're talking about new year, new beginnings. You know, a lot of people, they may say they're going to make new year's resolutions and things of that nature. I never do that, but I have decided for me this year, what I'm going to focus on is better, healthier eating, making certain that I'm feeding my body the things that it needs. And I feel that your body has a way of letting you know when you eat something that you shouldn't be eating, how it disagrees with you. And I thought about you when you were talking about last year about bread, flour uh, and other things and how your gut feels, you know. And I had a situation where I ate something that I should not have, even though it was just a little bit of something. I said, you know what, Dr. Blackman educated me about this. So that's going to be on my do not eat list. <laughs> good for you. You know, our body's job is to make us feel good 24 hours a day. If you're not, if your body's not doing that, then your body sent you to your room for something that you're doing that it doesn't like anymore. And if you pay attention to that and honor that, your body will do all kinds of wonderful things to help and make you feel good. And the places that we go to make new beginnings basically are what we put in our body and what we do with our body. So it turns out to be food and exercise. And those are two of the most important changes anybody can make for a new beginning is to start to do some exercise and to work on not eating the food that causes so much pain in our fascia and our bodies. Yes, um, I, I totally agree. So for many people, from what I have heard from people that I know, I think a lot of it is a new way of doing things, you know, changing and trying something different. Because to me, if I keep putting bad stuff in my body, I'm going to get the same result. So if my body is designed to make me feel better, then I need to feed it what it needs. So what would be a good starting point? Some tips you can give people this new year, where to get started, change behavior. One of the things to remember, I think, and, and really helps, helps me is why do we eat? And taste and hunger are all about what we eat and what we might choose. But the reasons we eat are to get raw materials for our bodies to build new parts and to get fuel for energy to burn. So what is the quality of the fuel you're putting into your body? If you put in 100 octane into your car, you'll go around the corners faster than if you put in 80 octane or 20 octane. And a lot of people put zero 
and negative 10 octane into their bodies. And the other thing is your body's in pain. Your body doesn't feel good. Your body needs to repair. What's the quality of the raw materials you're giving yourself for your body to make new parts? And so those two things really drive part of the bus. And the other part of the bus is, what are you going to get smacked upside the head for? What are the things your body really doesn't want you to eat? Like mama, if mama tells you not to do something and you do it anyway, don't you get sent to your room? Sure do. when When you're in miserable pain, that often is your body sending you to your room because you didn't listen to mama or mother nature, as it were. So true. So I would think the things to put into your body are the things that are vegetables that have lots of color, lots of nutrition, lots of ingredients that really help your body get the raw materials it needs. I'd put in some high quality protein. So I'd be careful about the chicken I buy and the beef I buy. I'd try to get higher qualities of, of these foods like grass-fed beef and um, free-ranging chickens. You might look at fish that's ocean-caught instead of farmed. And really, you can focus on vegetables. You can get every protein you need in vegetables. So you don't really ever have to eat meat. Some people feel a lot better if they do. And then there's the foods to avoid, the ones that are really going to bite you. And what do you think they are? Well, I know one of them that always stands out in my mind is um, bread flour, because it's in a lot of things that we eat. You know, when we're not looking at those food labels, you see a lot of flour in things. There's even wheat in soy sauce. Yes. Wow. And a tiny bit of wheat in soy sauce sprinkled on your food is enough to make you hurt for three or four weeks. If you've been in chronic pain for a while and you're looking at flour and bread and the so-called comfort foods, you know, why are you drawn to that? And why do they keep pulling you in? And why do you have these food cravings? I like to look at the politics of how we run our body Mm. because you're thinking about choosing your food. You're thinking about the food craving, but how do you know it's really you that's making that choice? You're not the only one living in your body, are you? No, I think a lot is to do with the brain. Would that be correct? Because your body gets so used to feeding it certain things and then you get addicted to certain foods. I think it's the critters that grow in your gut. Okay. And there's more of them than there is of you. And as long as you allow them to vote, you don't necessarily get to find out what you like and you don't necessarily get to choose your food. For example, you could be going down the buffet line put all the rabbit food on your tray, reach to get your wallet to pay at the register, and the little critters talk to your ear and go, excuse me, what are you doing? You go, well, I'm paying for my rabbit food. No, you're not. You didn't get the cheesecake. I'm not getting cheesecake today. I'm just getting rabbit food. Sorry, dude, you go back and get the cheesecake now. And you know how many people will get out of line and go back and get the cheesecake And that goes on as long as you continue to run your biology as a democracy. What happens if you wake up one day as a new beginning and decide, 
I'm going to run my body as a dictatorship. And I'm going to decide who in my body besides me gets to eat today. And I'm going to stop feeding the bad guys. What do you think happens in a country or a biology when you put the bad guys in jail? You stop feeding the bad guys. You put all your dissidents under the rug so they can't vote anymore. You get to find out what you like and what you want. And you get to go down the buffet line, choose what you want, get to the register, and you don't hear that little voice because the voice isn't there anymore. Can we come back for a minute when you said the critters? Can you clarify that? Yes. We, you, are not the only one living in your body. Inside your intestines are billions of what we call intestinal flora, billions of critters that are there to run your immune system and essentially keep you alive. And the critters that help your biology aren't the ones that eat sugar and aren't the ones that eat flour. And when you feed your body a lot of that, you grow the yeast and the other critters that eat those foods. And then they drive your, your body and your brain to eat more of them so they can grow even bigger. If you want to know if your body's really decompensated by this, take a look at the color of your tongue. If you put your tongue out and you've got a coating on your tongue, that coating is white. And the thicker that coating is, the more yeast you grow in your belly. Interesting. And and if that coating has a different color, it's because you drank or ate something that stained it white, stained the white a different color. So you should never have to brush your tongue in the morning. Okay. Now, changing the politics of how we eat and what we eat. And would it also help, in addition to doing that, adding like a good probiotic? Yes, it would. And you need to remember that probiotics are transient. One of the reasons to take them, and we have one we call gut critters, helps a lot of people, and it kind of names it appropriately. We used to eat food that had 60 million critters in it a day as routinely and part of our diet. And we don't get that anymore. And one of these things that when you take probiotics, they're not going to set up shop and live in you. They're going to be transient. They're going to live in you for a few days. You're going to end up getting rid of them. But while they're in your body, they run your immune system and they help your biology in so many ways. So if you want to have the flora in your intestines to run your body, then you take them every day. If you want to grow more flora in your colon and really increase the populations of the good guys, then you eat prebiotics because the prebiotics feed the probiotics and make them grow and make them healthy. So we need both is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Now, there are a lot of them um, on the market. I've seen many of them, you know, at like, for example, in my local health food store and so forth. So what should we look for? Because there's so many, you know, there's strains of probiotics. When you look at the labels on them, it tells you what the strains are. It tells you what the CFUs are. What should we be looking for? I think I'd look in a probiotic for something that's really diverse has more than one kind. Looking at the diversity of of what's in your body is really important 
rather than just having one kind. The more diverse our critters, generally, the better health we're in is what some of the really newer research in this field is showing. Okay. And so if we, for those that may not have had experience using them, when they go to their local health food store or even grocery store, they're going to look at the label. How are they going to know if it's diversity? Um, all the different names of the different critters in the probiotics, they're all named. Okay. And they're listed on the label. Perfect. And how many of each kind are also often listed on the label. And if you're in a real health food store, you can often get advice from the people that are there who run the store and have lots of experience. Okay. That is good to know. So prebiotic and probiotic. Okay. Use both. All right. Anything else you would recommend? I think we should remind the, the do not eat list. Okay. Of wheat, sugar, potatoes, fruit juice, fake fat, artificial sweeteners, and dairy from cow. One of the most inflammatory foods we eat is dairy. I totally agree with that. Yes. If you squeeze your upper traps across your upper shoulders and they're tight, that tightness is because of injuries through your lifetime. That tightness can also be relieved. If their fibers on the inside of that muscle feel glued together and are very tender when you squeeze them, that's from the inflammation that often comes from dairy first, wheat second, sugar third. Okay. I recently started back uh, eating cereal in the morning. So I've been looking for uh, and looking at non-dairy milks. For me, just a little bit of of milk, regular milk, I know it's going to upset my stomach. So I know to stay away from that. So I've been looking at a lot of um, non-dairy milks. Anything that you would recommend? You know, there's so many choices. There's coconut milk, almond milk, oat milk, rice milk. So I would think to try a few of them and try your, your, your different preferences, but always look on the label and make sure you're getting something with the least amount of sugar and no added sugar. Perfect. So I've been buying coconut milk unsweetened. Sounds like a good choice. Yes. What else would you recommend? Those are all good things that you shared with us. So what did you do over the holidays that um, were changes for you from what you would have done in the past? Okay. So over the holidays, had some gatherings for family and um, I made a dish and that they liked, but it had bread flour in it, which I knew was not good and it wasn't healthy, right? But everyone loved this dish. And so I had just a little bit of it. And I said to them, they said, you're not eating anything else. And I said, Dr. Blackman, I'm like, no, my body has already shut me down and told me that no, 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 Nisi, this is not good for you. I said, you know, just because something tastes good does not mean that it is good for us. And so uh, with family, I had a conversation with them about healthy eating uh, and when you mentioned about the the, the grass-fed beef, one of my nieces, she mentioned to me that when she goes shopping for groceries, she's always looking for grass-fed food. So I'm going to, in addition to grass-fed, focus on also free range. So that I'm going to be focused on, too. And, you know, I've just made in my mind, Dr. Blackman, that I'm sick and tired of being sick, you know, 
And if I am causing it due to what I'm putting in my body, because you mentioned a few minutes ago about the wrong fuel, stop doing it. So with the holidays, I, I'm going to be honest, I did put some fuel in my body that was not the right fuel, but I paid the price for it too. So, you know, new year, new beginnings. That's why that's the name of this show today. That's <laughs> Gotta very, make some very changes. important. And you know, another thing you could, could do for next year is you could use a non-wheat based flour in that dish. Is icorn, is that a non-wheat? Are you familiar with that? I would use a nut flour. Oh, nut flour. Okay. Yeah. An almond-based flour might sure. be really good. Okay. Pay attention to whether it has starch in it, but even if it does, it's a way better choice than the bread flour flour. Yes. Okay. I'm going to try that. And you know what? I'm going to try something similar to that, a nut flour for Valentine's Day coming up because I'm going to be baking with one of my uh, great nieces. So I'm going to try that. We send a lot of people to the web to look up Whole30, W-H-O-L-E, and then the number 30. And you can type in Whole30 recipes for chicken, Whole30 recipes for macaroni and cheese. And it may come up with things that are mostly gluten-free, mostly sugar-free, mostly even dairy-free. And you can modify from there, but at least it will give you a really good start and a base for the cooking adventure that you need to take. Okay, and again, that website is Whole30, correct? Um, it's not a website. You just type in Whole30 Recipe 4 oh, and then whatever okay. it is you want, and lots of things come up, and you get to read them all and pick. Okay, I'm going to do that because since I'm uh, going to be cooking with my great niece and nephew, I want to get them off on a healthy foot, you know, to avoid a lot of bad habits. <laughs> awesome. Maybe you can tell us next month. Just how well that works. I will do that. And I thank you for your time today, Dr. Blattman. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today. or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Are you caring for an older person or a loved one who needs assistance? Paragon Home Resources can help you maintain... Welcome back to the Pain-Free Zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pain-Free Zone. I'm your host, Nisi Edwards. So if you tuned in late and you didn't get a chance to hear some of Dr. Blackman's tips, um, just a brief recount, and then we're going to move on to the second hour of our second half hour of our show. So one thing I want you all to check out is he said, I wrote it down here. Um, I think it was, yes, Whole30, W-H-O-L-E 30. 
Uh, so if you're looking for a whole 30, let's say chicken recipes, baking recipes, vegetables rep- recipes, whatever it is, just type in whole 30 and what you're looking for. And it should bring you up some healthy recipes. Okay. So definitely check that out and let us know if you found that to be helpful. And some other things that Dr. Blackman shared with us is, you know, we talked about bread flour. We talked about the importance of healthy eating, eating more vegetables. So in your grocery store, find those vegetables in a multitude of colors, add those to your diet, high quality protein, uh, add that to your diet. That could be grass fed beef, as well as free range chicken. We also talked about adding to your diet a probiotic as well as a prebiotic. If you go to Dr. Blackman's website, you will see a lot of other information on there that will help you improve your health. So today's topic is New Year, New Beginnings. And I want to share with you all a couple of things with New Year, New Beginnings, six tips to feeling better. And they are as follows. Get physical. Uh, Don't believe everything you think is number two. Take a deep breathing. Try deep breathing, I should say. That's number three. Number four is don't run away from your problems. Number five is get social. And number six, be prepared for obstacles. But I'm going to do them a little bit um, out of order. So I want to start with don't run away from your problems. So let me tell you why that is critical. So if you're new to me, um, you may not know that I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia around 2014. I had been in chronic pain for a number of years, had a few surgeries, still had more pain. The doctors couldn't figure out why I was having a lot of pain. And it was very, very frustrating. So for a while, going back and forth to the doctor, I was just tired, you know, and frustrated, just like I'm sure some of you are when you go to the doctors and no one can figure out, you know, what's wrong with you or what you need to do. So for a while, I tried to avoid it, but I was struggling. You know, I was struggling with them. I was trying to look for ways to feel better. And sometimes when you look for ways to feel better, unfortunately, that means sometimes you are avoiding the problem. Okay. Um, but you got to look for ways to feel better. You got to figure out ways to better cope with it. Now, research has shown that people living with pain, especially chronic pain, are at far greater risk of developing mental health issues. Okay. Likewise, people living with mental health issues are at greater risk of experiencing chronic pain. So when I said don't, um, don't run away from it. We've got to deal with it. So when I gave you the example of me, I had these surgeries, as I mentioned, nothing helped me. I had a car accident where somebody rear-ended me. That made it worse. They still could not figure out what my problem is. I feel that my doctors were running away from the problem. Because, you know, it's easy to say, Um, there's nothing wrong with you, right? How many of you with chronic pain have been told by your your doctors that there is nothing wrong with you? Raise your hand, (laughs) virtually raise your hands because I'm here to tell you, I cannot tell you the millions of times I have had someone tell me there's nothing wrong with you. 
but there was. So to me, they were running away from the problem. Instead of them saying, hey, Nisi, we know there's something wrong, but we don't know what it is. Let's explore it. Let's try this. Let's try that. I can respect you more. I can respect you better for that. You know, just be honest. I'll never forget with the one doctor that I had seen for a number of years, I was in so much pain. I had been back and forth to the emergency room. And at this point in time, it got to the point where, hey, I had to take some time off from work. And um, with FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, it allowed me to do so. And I had some paperwork, right, that he needed to complete. He refused to do it. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, and again, to me, I wasn't running away from the problem. The doctors were running away from the problem. They were running away from treating me, running away from helping me figure out what was wrong with me. Help me figure out something in the short term if you can't stay around for the long term. So what I had to do was I had to fire him. I had to get rid of him. And I had, at that point, another opinion, second opinion, but it probably was the sixth second opinion I had. And I saw a new doctor. And um, when I saw him, he ran some labs, x-rays and whatnot. On my second appointment, he says, has anyone ever told you what is wrong with you? And I said, no, I really wish they would. And that's when he told me that it was fibromyalgia. And um, just like the other doctors were running away from the problem, he didn't run away from the problem. And he helped me to stay grounded and to face it. Because, I mean, I was really struggling. I had been in pain for so long that it really started to affect my mental health. Anytime you've been in pain for so long and you have no relief, no one can tell you what it is. It will impact your mental health. You may start feeling depressed. You may start having a lot of emotional issues. So trust me, it runs the gamut. You know, it will impact your mental health where some people uh, with depression, I know some people with depression where this has led them to suicide tendencies because they just couldn't handle it anymore. The pain was just so overwhelming. And so for them, they thought, hey, I'm just going to run away from this problem, try something over here, suicide or whatever it is, just to get away from it. So this doctor that I saw, you know, he really, really helped me better handle and deal with it. As I mentioned, I was really struggling. But what he did was he really empowered me to pursue this journey head on. I mean, I felt like I had so much strength. I mean, after I left that doctor's appointment, yes, I was sad that I had a diagnosis of fibromyalgia or some would say fibro whatalgia. You know, what does that mean? Yes, I was sad that I had it. But I'm going to tell you something. When you run away from your problems for so long, at some point, you it's going to come to a screeching halt. Hear me clearly. At some point, it's going to come to a screeching halt and you're going to have to deal with it. So 
I left that appointment feeling dismayed that this is my seventh second opinion. Now I have a diagnosis. Okay, where do I go from here? I had anger, not with the new doctor because he was so kind, but I had folks anger with all the other doctors that I had treated with because this is something had they worked with me, they could have diagnosed a long time ago. Okay. But they chose not to do that. So when you are, you know, running away from a problem, you know, I, what I want you to do is to stop running away from it. And I want you to approach it head on. Okay. So when I say approach it head on, I want you to start thinking about how it's impacting you. I want you to start writing about it. What I did during that time before I got the diagnosis, I started journaling. So I want you to write about the problem. I want you to even draw a picture of it. Do some research, you know, discuss it with a friend. I mean, choose and do whatever works for you, whatever is going to make you feel better. I even gave mine a name, my pain a name. But what I decided to do was when I got that diagnosis from my doctor that it was fibromyalgia, I wasn't running away from nothing. I said, okay, I'm going to approach this head on. Okay. I am going to face it. I'm going to face these difficult emotions that I'm having. I'm going to face these difficult memories that I have as to what I went through dealing with this. I'm going to face the unkind people and the places and the activities um, that have led to this diagnosis. Because once you change your mindset and stop running away from the problems and deal with the head on, that's going to help start you to disengage from the pain. That's going to help you, your body start leveling down the pain. What was difficult for me was I had been in pain for so long. In addition to being in pain for so long, um, my situation, why it was so painful, why it was the times I really wanted to run away from it, but I didn't is because I was in a situation where I had been bullied for two and a half years and I was still working. And I was looking for a new line of work at that time. I was working in corporate America and I was looking for a new line of work. And I was running a reimbursement call center with one of the supervisors there. And it was, folks, a toxic working environment. It was. And that impacted my health in so many ways. When you go to work, when you're in pain, you know, sometimes you may try to, you have to mentally run away from the problem because you need, you got to work, you got to put food on the table, you got to pay your bills. And sometimes that means, hey, I, I can't, this is too heavy of a situation to deal with. This is too heavy of a situation for me to even think about it. If that is you, I feel your pain, been there, done that. But what I want you to do is to face it head on. How I started facing it head on was, um, I told you I had my my seven second opinion. Okay. So after I got that down, I did see a counselor to help me with my mental health issues because I was under a great deal of stress. I started experiencing some anxiety. 
Okay. So what I did, my plan may be different from your plan, but I'm just going to share with you my top six things to help you feel better was I started getting physical, meaning exercise. So I'm not a runner or anything like that. So when I say physical, I'm talking about walking. You know, I'm not talking about lifting no heavy weights or anything like that. I'm speaking of being gentle with yourself. Start walking. Now, if you haven't worked out or exercised in a long time, when you start walking, yes, you may experience some pain. But listen to your body, push it a little bit, see how it feels. If it feels okay, push it a little bit more, but not too far. Just push it just enough to where you're comfortable so that your body can gradually build up your tolerance to physical activity. Okay, so how to get started with that is to develop a walking plan. I love nature. So maybe in your community, maybe you have some nice parks you can walk to. If not, maybe you can just walk down the street. If that doesn't work for you, maybe in your house, you can just start doing some walking. There are some great YouTube videos on walking. It's walking inside your home. It's walking while in place. Check them out. Just go to... um, YouTube.com and just type in, you know, a search for um, walking at home, walking at home exercise, you know, just just try it a little bit and see what you can find out. Um, Because there are some sites out there that do offer that. In addition to that, maybe you can indulge in some yoga. Okay. Um, There are a lot of, again, YouTube videos on yoga you can do in the privacy of your own home. Maybe there is a community center you can consider, but due to Omicron and COVID right now, uh, we have to be very, very careful. So that's why I'm recommending that you do some things in isolations in the privacy of your home. If you want to go to a gym, that is you, but I'm not going to anybody's gym because when you go to these gyms, they're supposed to have all these mitigations in place, but think about it. They have all these people coming into the gym. So you don't want to be touching surfaces and touching, you know, your hands to your face, your eyes, your nose. So that's why I'm recommending that you do things in the privacy of your home, walking, things like that. For some people, besides yoga, some people like um, aqua therapy. I have a friend who loves to swim. So if you can find a private pool, maybe you can arrange some time to go swimming. That's totally up to you. Um, some people like to use a stationary bike. Okay, so the most enjoyable exercise is to find the activity, the one that you are most likely to repeat. So experiment and to figure out what works best for you. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I enjoy doing, and that is Tai Chi, because that is a gentle movement. And I became a certified Tai Chi chair instructor probably about, I'm going to say, maybe three years ago, and um, definitely way before COVID, about three years ago. And it is so, so gentle to the body. It's relaxing. In fact, whenever I do Tai Chi at home, uh, the form of Tai Chi that I do is 
chair tai chi. So you're sitting down. And whenever I do it, the joke for me is I typically have my pajamas on because I feel so relaxed afterwards that I generally go to sleep. So it feels really good to me to be able to do that. Okay. The other tip is don't believe everything you think. All right. So that's tip number three. So think about it. Don't believe everything you think. How many times have you had thoughts that came to your mind and those thoughts said, you'll never, ever be able to heal. You'll never able to do anything. There is no hope for me. There is no cure for me. I'm just going to give up. How many times have you had those thoughts? Because pain and mental illness can and will weigh you down if you allow it. And it can color your thinking. Okay. How many times have you said, um, when you've had these really dark thoughts, how many times have you said, This pain has taken over my life and I can't do anything about it. Well, maybe you haven't, but several years ago, I remember saying this pain has taken over my life. And I said that because I would wake up in pain and I would go to bed in pain. I stopped doing that real quick. And let me tell you why. As a woman of faith, and even if you're not, a person of faith. I think you may recognize this that you can that we can hopefully all relate to. When you keep saying negative things, think about how it makes you feel. When you're saying negative things about yourself, think about how you feel. Likewise, compare it to when you say positive things about yourself. How does it make you feel? I guarantee you there is a difference in the emotion. I'm going to give you an example of that. Think about a child. Think about when you say kind and loving things to your child or uh, on, on someone else's child, or maybe you're a school teacher or whomever, maybe you're a coach. But think about when you say something positive to that child. You know, you say, for example, You did a really good job. I'm so proud of you. Or you'll say, it's okay. It'll get better. Keep trying. Don't give up. That's positive. Versus if you say to that child, you suck. You'll never be anything. You will never do anything with your life. Think about that. If you know this When I said positive things the first time, my tone changed. It was more gentle versus when I said something negative the second time, my tone tone changed and it was far more aggressive. That's energy that you're putting out there. So what I want you to do when you're suffering with chronic pain like that, I want you to stop believing negative things about yourself. I want you to stop saying this pain has taken over my life and I can't do anything about it. Or maybe you're saying it's not worth trying anymore. I want you to stop doing that because these thoughts have the power to increase your pain. Not only will it increase your pain, it can also increase your mental distress. 
Okay, so I want you to challenge it. Okay, I just want you to say, hey, new day, new beginning, I'm going to be okay. I want you to also um, challenge it by saying, um, I love myself and this is not going to get the best of me. I want you to challenge it. I mean, there's, you have nothing to lose by simply asking yourself this one simple question. What would I be thinking? Would I be thinking this if I was having a pain-free day or if I didn't feel so low or tired? No, you wouldn't. I want you to challenge it to say, no matter what, I still love my body. No matter what, I'm going to figure out what I need to do to start feeling better. So it's all about, you know, changing the negative thoughts that you have. Okay. Well, we're going to go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. Soul Care Services Incorporated DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. TalkZone.com You're listening to The Pain-Free Zone on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Nisi Edwards. Welcome back, everyone. So we're picking up where we left off, and that was we were discussing Don't Believe Everything You Think. Um, I had a friend who, um, she's a breast cancer survivor. She's dealt with so much in her life. She also has fibromyalgia and some other conditions. And um, she's been through so much. And, you know, sometimes she gets down. Sometimes she gets depressed because she also went through, you know, a painful divorce. I mean, we're all, you know, she's human. She's entitled to her emotions. And what I told her one day was, you know what? I said to her, I said, you're a beautiful person inside and out. Never give up on you. Never give up on self. Always believe in self, no matter what condition you find yourself in. And that's the same thing I share with you all. Never give up on self. When I was at my lowest point with fibromyalgia, when I can barely crawl out of bed in the morning. I never gave up on me. I used to always tell myself, if no one believes in me, if no one believes in Nisi, I sure better believe in me. I started getting like maybe three by five index cards or post-it notes. And I would start writing down 
positive affirmations on those cards and I would post them in different areas of my house so that, you know, that no matter what room I went in, there was a positive note to remind me, you know, that don't believe everything you think. So if you're dealing with negative thoughts, I want you to start perhaps considering journaling to get it out or to write down and put up some positive affirmations. Um, The one thing that I remember doing was, this this is an exercise I did when I shared with you all that I had been bullied for two and a half years at this one job. It was painful. When I would drive by where I used to work at, I started having anxiety attacks, PTSD, because it opened up the floodgates to the things that happened to me while I was working in that environment. So one day I tried something. I wrote what I refer to as my pain letter. I wrote out a pain letter. I said how I felt. I put it all out. I addressed it to those individuals who had bullied me because that was a great source of my pain, physical pain, as well as emotional pain. But the thing is, when you write it out, you don't mail the letter. I want to be clear about that. You don't mail the letter. So I wrote it out. I mean, I was, I put a whole lot of information in there. I mean, I had to, it's something energetic about it. You know, when you take pen to paper and you writing it down. And I found that once I started writing down all these things, it was coming out of me. It made me feel better. It was my pain letter to those individuals who had wronged me, who had abused me, who had mistreated me. I mean, whomever it is in your life, write that pain letter. And this is what you do when you're done with it. As I said, you don't mail it. What some people have done with theirs, and I think I did do this with mine, is once I was done writing it, What it did was I burnt it up and those ashes I buried. So for me, what that signified was, okay, this issue is now dead. This issue is now dead to me. It has no more life to me. It has no more power over me. I'm done with this. And when I say done, I mean, I'm done with it. I'm not picking it up anymore. I'm not going to be bound to it. It no longer has power over me. I can now drive by where I used to work. I'm okay. I've been in the grocery store shopping when I've seen people that I used to work with. Um, I was okay. They And what I noticed was something funny. This one lady I used to work with, she knew what was happening with me. She didn't help me. And she saw me one day at the grocery store and she was in a position to really help because she worked in management. And she was stunned to see me because she had not seen me in several years. And she says, Nisi, is that you? I'm like, it sure is. How are you? She says, you look so good. And I said, yes, I know. Have a lovely day. And I kept walking. Didn't think twice about it. It was priceless because I guess she thought, that whenever she would see me, I was going to look like I'd just been beat up and just whipped and just down and depressed. No, 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 no. But I'm telling you, it worked for me. That issue is dead to me. I let that go. Because see, here's the thing. 
If you keep believing everything you think, you give it power over you. So you've got to take that power back. And I'm telling you, that's what worked for me. May not work for you, but I'm just giving you some tips. If you don't want to burn yours up, that's fine. What you can do, though, is rip it into pieces and still bury it. Okay, and be done with it. So when you when you go through this, be done with it. You know, you don't keep picking it up to put it back down again, picking it up to put it back down again. No, be done with it. Next tip. I want you to start taking a deep breath. I want you to relax. I was a patient in this pain management boot camp with uh, Mary and Joy. And um, it was Oak Brook, Illinois. And they taught us about, you know, taking deep breaths and relax. So when you experience pain, your body is going to have like a flight or fight response to it. Okay. Because that's critical, you know, to the survival in the face of a dangerous situation. But when you're in chronic pain, you know, all this is going to do is prolong stress and and it's going to wear you down. Okay. It's going to tear on your brain. It's going to tear on your body. So what I want you to do is start focusing on some deep breathing. So I'm going to walk you through an exercise. So I'll try it. So right now I'm in my chair. I'm going to sit up. I'm going to get comfortable. Okay. Sit in a relaxed position. So follow along with me. Close your eyes. Place one hand on your chest and the other one on your stomach, your abdomen. Make certain you're breathing through your diaphragm. Inhale slowly through the nose. When you do that, you're going to let your abdomen expand. Let's try it again. Inhale slowly through the nose, letting your abdomen expand. Then I want you to slowly exhale through the mouth, letting your abdomen sink back down. And you do that for three to five minutes. So let's do that again. We're going to inhale slowly through our nose. Uh, We're going to let the abdomen expand, and then we're going to slowly exhale through our mouth. So let's try that. So you do that for three to five minutes. So that's diaphragmatic breathing. And again, you can find a lot of videos on YouTube about diaphragmatic uh, breathing. There's a lot of therapists, yoga gurus, and other type people who um, talk about diaphragmatic breathing. So I highly recommend that you check it out. So another tip, we have two more to go. The next tip is, all right, be prepared for obstacles. Okay. So when I say get prepared for obstacles, I have a pain management toolkit. So um, my pain management toolkit is it really helps me to better deal with my pain. So some of the things that's in my main pain management toolkit is I have a diffuser. In my diffuser, I have lavender 
essential oils, okay, in addition to lavender essential oils, what that does is the lavender essential oils, that's really good for um, relaxing. And then when I'm feeling, you know, stressed or let's say I'm experiencing some type of anxiety, I have a different oil, uh, essential oil for it. And in addition to that, water therapy helps me a lot. So when I say water therapy, okay, um, Dr. Teals, I believe it's spelled T-E-A-L-S, all right? Um, Dr. Teals has a product out there. It has eucalyptus. You know, it's, um, it's a body wash. I love showering in that because it's just how it just makes the body feel so good, so relaxing. Two other things that I enjoy using is Swing Therapeutics has an app for people with fibromyalgia, okay? They were on um, the radio show, The Pain-Free Zone, um, last month. And we were talking about, it was with Jeremy Frank, PhD. He's the head of operations at Swing Therapeutics. And he talked about, you know, their app and how it helps people with chronic pain. If you visit my website and you have fibromyalgia, my website is www.fibromyalgiapatienteducation.info. Okay, if you check it out, you will find on the website a link to click on that will take you to Swing Therapeutics and it's for a clinical trial and, you know, you complete it and they will let you know if you qualify to participate in it. Something else that I use that I recommend is with SANA Healthcare, S-A-N-A. They have uh, a program where they give you like these goggles and these goggles have lights in them, but your eyes are closed and it plays um, some type of tone that helps calm down the brain signals. And I'm going to tell you, that is really, really relaxing. If you want to learn more about SANA's program, just reach out to me. Um, you can just reach me at Nisi Edwards, N-E-C-I-E Edwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-S at gmail.com. And before we run out of time, the next one is, you know, get social. So when you have pain or, you know, mental illness, it can lead to social withdrawal, fatigue. Okay, so I remember when I was in so much pain, I was not social at all, right? Because you don't feel good talking to people. You know, you don't want to be bothered. So when I say socializing due to COVID, I'm not talking about going outside, you know, hanging out with all these people. What I'm saying is sometimes, you know, find a way to be social, you know, um, maybe on social media, find people that you like to follow, you know, just be social, you know, maybe comment some things on some of their posts, or maybe it's a friend or someone that you haven't talked to in a long time, somebody who was there for you, you know, just reach out to them, just be social, okay, be social, find what's going to work for you. As humans, we are social beings. Some of us are introverted. I'm an introvert. Uh, sometimes um, we need a certain level of social contact uh, because it makes you feel better. So I don't want you to be so isolated from everyone. 
I don't want you to be so cut off from everyone because that can make matters worse. All right. So I just want you to work on designing and developing your own toolbox. Okay. So what's in your toolbox? In my toolbox, I have a range of tools. I have um, a meditation that I listen to for chronic pain. It's one that I developed. In my toolbox, I got some essential oils. In my toolbox, I have some teas to help me relax. I have a lot in my toolbox. So I would like to hear more from you all what's in your toolbox. So please reach out to me. Let me know how you enjoyed today's episode, what you learned about. If there is anything that you feel you learned today that you can implement, let me know because even if you don't have fibromyalgia, you need to develop your own toolbox. What's in my toolbox may not be in your toolbox, but I want you to focus on that. Okay. So until next month, thank you. Soul Care Services Incorporated DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patient's questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. Talkzone.com.